Welcome to Interscholastic Game Day Network, hosted by LaDante Coach Bell. Interscholastic Game Day Network is a student-athlete platform to inspire, encourage, mentor, and prepare the next generation of leaders. Good day, student-athlete. I'm your host, LaDante Coach Bell, and welcome to Interscholastic Game Day Network. I have Joshua Bowman on the call today. Josh, how you doing? I'm good. How you doing today, Coach? I'm doing pretty good, man. It's good to uh, hear from you, and thank you for for actually saying yes uh, for the interview. Uh, So, Josh, if you can, tell tell the listeners uh, a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I'm a – my name is Joshua Bowman. I'm a sophomore at a sinus college. I went to Archbishop Carroll High School, and I'm also from Chester, PA. Awesome. What were your interests uh, growing up? Was it always football, uh, or was it other sports? No, actually, it wasn't really football at all. So I, I didn't pick up football until eighth grade because I was always small. My mom told me that I wasn't allowed to play because of my size, and I wasn't ever really big. So my mom told me I wasn't allowed to play football. So growing up, I played basically every sport other than football. So I played soccer, baseball, basketball. I didn't I didn't get into football until my eighth grade year and I played down down at Chester Panthers for my eighth grade year and that was my first year playing football. Wow. Now who was your uh your coach there uh, with the Panthers? Coach G Code. Nice, nice. So you your mom stated that you were too small and you were like, Wow, so I gotta play some type of sport. So explain to it, you couldn't stay um grounded on not playing at all you said I gotta play different sports so how was that uh so I always liked all the other sports but I always wanted to play football so I football was in the fall so the only other sport that I really wanted to play the only other interesting sport that there was was soccer so I really I got into playing soccer I played soccer up until eighth grade and then in the spring I would play in the spring I would play basketball or play baseball in the spring so what is it that you would say to Coach G Code at this time, now that you're a college uh, student, what would you, you know, turn back and say to your coach from then? Uh, I would say I know how to play running back because with the day, the day we actually started started practice, as Coach G, it was my first day, so I asked Coach G Code, can you help me put my helmet and my shoulder pads on? And I didn't know how to take a handoff, and I fumbled on a handoff, and we had a lot of other running backs that wanted to play. So from that day on, I didn't play running back. And again, for that whole year, I played defensive end the whole year. For the for juniors weight league team, and then when I got the Carroll, they asked me what position I play, and I quickly told them running back because I knew I didn't want to play de- defensive end anymore. Wow! So, you know, through the adversity, right? I'm hearing you had a fumble uh, when you was with the Panthers, but then you told yourself, you know what? Though I had the fumble, I'm still going to bounce back. I know what position I want to play. Um, if you can share uh, for someone who you know may be listening to this who said, you know what, man, I, I didn't do well the first time. I'm just going to give up. What would you tell him? I would tell him, don't give up because just because you can't get on the first try doesn't mean it's going to be – just doesn't mean, like, you can't do it. If you fall on the first time, that means you should try harder to get back up and do it again and do it until you achieve because until that point, you won't – you'll just be letting everything go past you. You have, to, you have to treat everything like you would a life situation. So even though I fumbled that first day, I knew I wanted to play running back, so I would do whatever it takes to – get better at that. So I would take start taking handoffs, get, get focused on practicing, how to do it. That's just what I did. So you said, I'm going to take the hardship that I had. I fumbled. 
I was able to get back up again, brush it off and say, you know what? When I get the opportunity again, I'm going to make sure I do much better. I'm going to study and make sure I do better. That's, that's great, man. That's yeah. great stuff. So now here we are with uh, Archbishop Carroll, your high school. Talk to us from your freshman year up to your senior year. Okay, so freshman year when I got there, I um, they asked me what position I played. I told them I played running back, and they asked me what position do I play on defense, and I said I played corner. So our first few games, I started both ways at running back and corner, and then we got another person that transferred to our school, and he played corner. So I ended up just playing running back for the rest of the year. So I actually had a real good game against one of the best teams that we played that year. We played LaSalle high school and I had an 80 yard touchdown. I got called back though, but the varsity coach and all the varsity players were at the game. They were real hyped. Sophomore year, I was I started playing varsity. I didn't play I didn't play our first two games. I sat the bench our first two games. And then our third game, they they put me in and I had a hundred and I think thirty yards against Pinwood and one touchdown. We lost though, but I got the starting job after that. And then I started, we played our next three, our next three games. This one, we were in the, the red division. So I think the red division is the harder division in the Philadelphia Catholic League. So we played prep back weeks and I started all of those games. And at the time, prep was DeAndre Swift, who now plays for the Lions. And um, that was a rough game for me. I got, I got hit during the swing route and um, the boy, he knocked me unconscious. I, I tried to get back up, but the, the trainer wouldn't let me get back up. So. I just had to walk it off afterwards, and my dad came down. My We were playing at Widener, full pack crowd. My dad came off the stands, got on the sideline. He was just frustrated, and then after that, he actually ended up telling my coach they didn't think I should play varsity anymore for the rest of the year unless they were going to really be able to block for me because he said there was no need for me to be putting my life on the line to for a team where we weren't we weren't really that good. We were, like, I think 2-8 and eight my, my sophomore year. So listening to that and understanding that as a parent, um, you, you have frustration seeing your son who's given it all he has. And at a particular moment, his teammates aren't doing the very best um, to protect him. What can you say to your teammates of today? Or what can you say to those who, and I always say that, uh, you know, young men who block, who are on the line, they're very special, yeah. right? We got to treat them with respect mm -hmm. because yeah. your life is in their hands. So what would you say, to a running back today that may feel like his line isn't blocking for him, do you think it's best that he talk negatively to them? I would say definitely try to do a little bit of both. Try and encourage them. And then if they're, like, missing assignments and stuff, you could, like, get on them about that because at the end of the day, their life is in your hands. Even when I didn't think they were blocking their best, I would still say great job out there because I don't know how hard it is for me to get down in a three-point stance and block every single play. I don't know what it's like to have to block a 300-pound defensive tackle. I can't sit here and tell them what to do because they're not sitting here telling me what to do when I when the ball gets in my hand. They just want to see me score. So just like they want to see me score, I want to see them block. That's good stuff, man. And what I hear out of that is that it's a team effort. You know, I'm a running back. I'm doing my job. And as a lineman, just do your job. Mm -hmm. As a collective and, effort, if I score, it's not just me that's scoring. It's because of them that I was able to get the touchdown. So. That's good, man. And I'm glad you shared that because there are some egos, there are some individuals who think it's all about them. And it's good to hear that where it's a team effort. In fact, a running back can't even get the ball unless the quarterback hands it to him. Unless you have a bad quarterback and bad O-line and you get past all of them and get past the rest of the seven players, and then in that case, then maybe I could say you can talk about how you're doing it yourself. But if you're not getting past all 11 players by yourself, 
then you should be grateful for the for your lineman up front blocking and everybody else doing their job for you. Absolutely. I'm quite sure you may know who Barry Sanders is. Yeah. And there was always some uh, comparison and talking about Barry Sanders and Emmett Smith and how if Emmett Smith had um, didn't have a line that he wouldn't be as good. And then you see Barry Sanders, who um, who did not have a great line, who still you know did a tremendous job as a running back. Right. And when you speak about guys that need to block, you think about Barry Sanders, who really made lanes for himself. Mm -hmm. He was so swift. Uh, who would you compare yourself to in regards to today's game in the NFL as a running back? Uh, I'd probably say other than route running, I wouldn't say my route running is the best and my catching is the best, but I'd say probably like Alvin Kamara. Like I'm quick, but I wouldn't say I'm like the fastest. Like I can beat someone if I have to, but like I wouldn't say I'm slow. So like Kamara, he's not slow. But he's real quick. Like he'll get through the holes real quickly. He's not the biggest back, but he doesn't go down on first contact, and that's something I try not to do. If it's wow. if it's any person, any one person tackling me, I feel like he shouldn't be able to tackle me, especially if it's a one on one in the open field. Maybe if he has the perfect angle. I know I'm not the biggest, so I mean I'm gonna have to take that hit. But other than that, I feel like I shouldn't be getting tackled by one person one on one, and that's something I see in Kamara every time he touches the ball. So I noticed you um, at the. Um the running back factory training. Yeah. Uh, shout out to coach Dennis Shaw uh, out, for, you know, for that workout, man, it was a great workout. It was intense. Um, and I was hearing him say, you know, you got to keep your feet moving. You know, you got to, you know, pick, uh, pick your legs up. You know, he was giving you guys the, the fundamentals and here you are uh, a high school to college football player. Now, um, how does it feel to come back and still get that type of workout? you know, during this pandemic. Work out with my teammates and we'll we'll do like the ladder, we'll do the cones, we do the basics, the the stuff to get you warmed up. Then we'll do like one on ones. But when you can get somebody that's been through what you're doing and can teach you technique, you can never go wrong with learning more technique. That's good. That's good. Shout out to Coach Dennis Shaw, man, the running back factory. Um I'm so proud of what he's doing uh with the youth today. Now talk about your transition from high school to college. Okay. So I'd say it wasn't – I didn't really have my best transition because I wasn't – I didn't really know. I know we had they had talked about how we were going to have film and lifts during the day, but I didn't really think it was, like, as strenuous as, as it really was when I got here. So I would have class at, like, 8 and 9, and then for, at 10 I would have to go lift. Then I have another class at 11, and then after class at 11 we got film at – we had film at noon. So most of the time I was in and out of class, then to the weight room, then to film. And then after my last class on um, two, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I would have to go straight from straight from class straight to the field. So we would, I would have class from three to four fifteen. I had an English class, and then we would have to be on the practice field by four fifteen. So our coach would have our schedule, so he would give you leeway, give you twenty extra minutes if he knew you were just getting out of class late to come out to practice. So you'd just be a little bit late to warm ups, and I would have to go straight from practice go to my room, grab my contacts, my cleats, everything, and then go straight to the field. So it was definitely rough getting used to having all types of stuff throughout the day and then not really having that much time to do anything else other than just your schoolwork and then going straight from practice afterwards to you have to go now. I have to go to the computer science help room because I need tutoring. Now I have homework backed up from the night before that I got tired doing last night and I falling asleep. So it was definitely, definitely rough the first semester just getting used to how how string was like even even at D three program 
it's like we we still do a lot. So it was, it was definitely hard for me to get used to having practice and filmed and class and then not having that much free time at the end of the night where I was tired and I didn't really feel like doing as much. That's good to know. And I'm glad you shared that because um, you get guys who are always talking about, man, I'm going D1. I'm going D1. Like nobody's stopping me from going D1. Mm. And I'm glad you shared that because regardless of where you go, college is college. Yes, you have to ball wherever you go. And, Absolutely. And the league, the, the draft this year proves you can go D1, but it's not going to guarantee that you're going to get picked. You can go D1 and not have any type of successful career. If these D2, D3 schools are recruiting you and they're saying you're going to play and you want to go to a D1 school just because of the name, no one cares about your name. Like you, People are still going to hype you up regardless of where you go to. I go to a D3 school and all my friends, they still are just as hype as they were when I was in high school. They don't care whether or not I went to a D1 or a D2 school. As long as I ball out, I can do whatever I want here. Same thing, I can do the D2 or D1 school. Absolutely. The only difference is that they got somebody paying for them to go to school, which I don't have that luxury, but that's the only that's the only difference I could think of between a D1 or D2 and a D3 school. You're giving some great wisdom to some younger guys who really, really need to hear this because, you know, again, you get guys that talk about D1 school, yet I hear how much of a juggle you had to do in your first semester. You spoke about the schedule. You spoke about practice. You spoke about accountability. You yes. spoke about discipline. You know, talk to the younger guys. Just give them a word of encouragement. Going to a D3 school, we don't leave school, like, super early. Like, we go, like, the same time, like, a couple weeks before the rest of the fall students come. Like, at a D1 school, you guys leave, like, months months before the school starts. Like, you're preparing for a long time. Like, I don't know if a lot of people are really ready to put up that type of commitment. Like, even being at D3 school, you have to be committed to what you're doing. Like, it's not high school anymore. You can't just skip. You can't skip lifts. You can't skip meetings. You skip a meeting and you're a freshman, yeah, you're just not going to play. It's as simple as that. You're not going to play. You skip a lift. They don't care where. They don't care what you were doing. If you don't got an excuse for why, well, not even an excuse. If you don't have a reason, a, a pliable reason of why you weren't there, it doesn't matter why you weren't there. If you didn't tell anybody, you're not going to play. So you have to really be accountable. And your mom and your dad, they're not here for you anymore. It's in high school. They say you got to be up at 7 to lift. They know you are on campus. It ain't no excuse for you to not be at lift at 7 because half of the, the rest, everybody else going to be there. So it's, that's going to look like when you're not there, that's going to look bad on you. That is really good. So um, here we are, you know, and I'm hearing how passionate you are about, you know, being in college, being a student athlete, and you're excited. I can hear that you're excited. I'm about the challenges and that you're ready to move forward. Mm -hmm. You know how running backs have that, they have that vision mm -hmm. and um, understanding that where you are today, um, it probably came with some adversity. So if, tell us what was a difficult moment in your life and how did you overcome it? I say probably one of the most difficult moments was definitely my transition because my grades, I've never experienced bad grades. Like all throughout high school, I had uh, my lowest GPA probably cumulative was, maybe a 3.5 and anything lower than that was basically like upsetting to me like I would be mad if I got a 90 on a test in high school like that would be upsetting a 90 but in college I was the first I think my first calculus my first microeconomics ass assessment that I had I got like a 65 on it like is this my assessment because I was not used to grades like that so I noticed like I really had to study now I went throughout I went all throughout high school I never did homework after I got home from football 
if you ever saw me doing homework after football, it's probably because I was messing around in school because I would never have any homework to do after I got home or projects and stuff. I was getting that done before we even had practice or throughout class because I was just ahead or even with the honors class, I never really thought it was super difficult in high school. But when I got to college, it was definitely a road bump getting through all the classes and I only had one class that I was really doing good at, and that was my Spanish class. All my other classes, it was like it was a struggle for me, struggling me to get good grades again. So when I got to the second semester, I realized, like, I got a 2.75. This is the last time I will have anything that low. So I, I've been determined to – I got a 3, a 3.25 my second semester, and I, I'm planning on keeping that up as far as I – until I graduate, nothing lower than a 3 out. Wow. And, I, man, listen, I'm, I'm so proud to hear that where you stated to yourself, I was upset that I got a 90 on my test. Now, I'm talking about a, a personal goal, setting the bar high for yourself. Not that someone else has to do it, but that you set the bar high for yourself. And I'm thankful that you shared with us about you being uh, an honor student. So your senior year, you was in the National Honor Society. Yes. Um, and you had a 3.5 GPA. And you're stating like, listen, I know what it takes to have the better grade. So why fall short? Why do I sell short? I won't sell myself short again. That's good stuff. And I'm glad you shared that. What would you say to your younger self in this situation today? What would you say to your younger self? Um, I don't think I would change anything about how I did high school. So I'd probably, in high school, I would probably say to stay the same because I didn't really, I would definitely tell myself to like be more, be more aware of what I'm doing because like I didn't really, pay attention to like class and stuff it just came natural to me it was kind of easy like I didn't really have to study I would have told myself to like get used to studying because it's not always going to be easy and you shouldn't even want it to always be easy because if things are always handed to you you're not going to know what to do when it's not handed to you so that was definitely the hardest thing I had to go through because I went from like having having teachers tell me when the assignment was was due to me leaving class and I had to check the website to make sure that we even have an assignment due today or whenever it's due because they didn't they didn't tell me. It doesn't matter. Like they don't even care if you come to class in college. You don't come to class. It's not on it's on it's not on them. It's on you because they're getting paid regardless. A lot of student athletes needed to hear that. You know, no no alarm clock, um, no one telling you to get up. You know, son, it's time to get up for school. You have to get up yourself. That's good. Yeah. So what advice, what last advice would you give to those upcoming student athletes those juniors those seniors mm -hmm. on their way out of high school i would say i would say focus on your studies too because your studies are just as important as um as football because even if i didn't play football i was i would have still came to a science just because of the degree that i can get when i graduate it's like it's not a given that you're going to be able to play as long as you want to or you can go to nfl you can literally go outside and like roll your ankle and now you might not ever be able to well now i wouldn't say walk the same because that's just like a real ankle but like you could be playing the game and get your ankle stepped on, and now you can never, like, walk the same again, do the same things you did before. But you'll never forget the knowledge that you learned throughout your years. So I would say focus on your studies just as much as you focus on playing football because at the end of the day, football's gone right now. And if you don't know what to do when football is over, everything you've done up until this point was a waste. Joshua, that is phenomenal, man. And I'm proud of you, and I know that your mom and dad is very proud of you. How can we follow you? Um, so my name on Instagram is jbowman one with two ends and then two underscores at the end. And then my name on Twitter is jbowman2 with two ends. Any last comments that you have for the listeners? Um, I just want to say thank you for letting me be on the podcast. It's 
good to just talk and, you know, tell my story. Wow. Man, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for your story. Thanks for your words of encouragement. As we do appreciate your honesty, as well as your commitment to studies, as well as being a student athlete. Thank you. And I am your host, LaDante Coach Bell. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Interscholastic Game Day Network. Be blessed and level up.